For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to John Shea, who covers Major League Baseball for the San Francisco Chronicle, about the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking baseball's color barrier. In 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first black baseball player to appear in a Major League game, and we celebrate his legacy every year on April 15th. This year, the 75th anniversary, a very special anniversary for Jackie Robinson. We'll talk about that as well as his connection to the all-time great Willie Mays with John Shea, who joins me next. Today is Monday, April 18th. It's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast John Shea. He covers Major League Baseball for the San Francisco Chronicle. And who better to have on than uh, one of the great baseball historians in the Bay Area. He, of course, wrote the Willie Mays book. And, John, I'm actually, no joke, I'm on the second read-through. I read that last offseason, and I was jonesing for baseball during the pandemic. I read it uh, probably last December, and then I started pumping it out again. I was like, you know what? <laughs> this thing was so good. The pictures are so good. The stories are great. I had to get to another Willie Mays fix, man. So brilliant job on the book, and, uh, and I appreciate you joining us today. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Uh, yeah, Brad Mangin was like the photo editor on this book, the the renowned Bay Area sports photographer highlighting baseball. And he wanted to make sure, I mean, the, it has 90-some Willie photos. It's, yeah. you know, it's kind of a photo book beyond just the words. And he wanted to make sure, you know, Willie looked right in every every photo. So instead of me just finding mug shots of this guy and that guy, <laughs> he made it just sing. It just popped off the pages and beautiful stuff but yeah thanks thanks for reading it twice man oh it's fantastic i've given it as a gift even i give one to my mom it's been uh, it's been great 24 the life uh stories and lessons from the say hey kid willie mays through your your connection with willie and, and you've had a relationship with him and willie goes back to the days of jackie robinson and playing with jackie we just had jackie robinson day on friday the 75th anniversary of him breaking into into the major leagues in 1947 what does willie have to say about jackie and what was your connection to jackie through willie mays yeah, it was almost, I mean, how lucky was I? You pinch yourself. And you, you <laughs> right. say, uh, wh- wh- why was I part of the process? Uh, lucky enough to experience sitting with him for 100 plus hours and talking about his life and his baseball career and, and everything else that went along with being Willie Mays. And it, it wasn't just about playing the game. It was inspiring and motivating others to follow in his footsteps. And I spoke with many who tried to do just that, but Shoot, Willie's still going strong at 91, and you know, sitting in a room with him, I, I'm I'm realizing that here's a guy who broke into the majors just four years after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. This was 1951, and Willie broke down many barriers himself. I mean, he went. Imagine this: from the Negro Leagues as a senior in high school. I mean, he played for the Birmingham Black Barons, mm-hmm. this, this amazing Negro League team. During his sophomore, junior, and senior years in high school, you know, grown men in their 20s and 30s, some of the legendary black players of, of all time. And, and here was this high school kid. And then the Giants signed him, and they assigned him to the New Jersey Giants. Uh, it's a Class B interstate league. And, and what a shock it was to Willie, still a teenager. He went from an all-black league to an all-white league in, in a matter of days. So Willie was hearing many of the same things Jackie was hearing, and and this really isn't talked about enough, but Willie always looked at Jackie as an inspiration, uh, uh, even though they were on rival teams, the gents and the, and the bums from Brooklyn, as they called them back then. But some of Willie's best friends, he said, were, were Dodgers, mostly Junior Gilliam, and, but also, you know, more recognizable Don Newcomb and, and Roy Campanella. And, you know, the story of Monty Irvin, who was, you know, Willie's uh, mentor, 10 years older, and his first 
roommate on the Giants. And Monty could have been Jackie. He could have been the first. If you listen and read about all the old Negro League legends and what did they say at the time? Well, their guy was Monty. They didn't think about Jackie, who's mm-hmm. only in the Negro Leagues one year and was a four-sport athlete at UCLA, baseball being his worst sport. I mean, how good was he <laughs> when you know that? But Monty, he was like Mays. He was five-tool. He was 10 years older. But when Branch Rickey sought out, you know, uh, who are we going to bring in? Who should we recruit? Who should be the first? Well, Satchel Page was a little old, and Roy Campanella maybe didn't have – the personality or mindset. So they actually looked at Monty Irvin, but Monty was coming out of the military and he wasn't the same physically. He wasn't the same emotionally. And it took him time to recover. Meantime, Branch Rickey wanted a guy. They went out and got Jackie and the rest is history. You know, when you look at, at what Jackie did, that's a, that's a great little history on uh, on Jackie getting to the base. Cause as you point out, yes, he was the first. And then Roy Campanella and Newcomb were, were thereafter. And, Monty Irvin comes in, Larry Doby then premieres uh, out in Cleveland, and, and had a, I think he struggled a bit his rookie season, and then Willie comes along a few years later. When, when you stack up Jackie making his debut in 47, we look at him and we go, yeah, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for all he accomplished off the field and uh, for the man that he was and, and for what he did for the game of baseball. His numbers stack up pretty damn good against some of the players of those days. Won an MVP, was a multiple-time All-Star. I believe he was the first ever rookie of the year. How do you view Jackie the player, the guy on the field? Because we talk so much about him uh, as this this icon, you know, a, a Martin Luther King-type figure, and we, we've we made this day a holiday in baseball. It's one of the pinnacle days in baseball every year. How did he stack up as a player? What kind of player was Jackie Robinson? Well, he was a 300 hitter, and at the time, that meant a lot. Um, he wasn't the big, you know, 500 home run guy, but he stole bases. He was an amazing competitor, so fierce that they said he was the most fierce competitor and base runner since Ty Cobb. And we're just talking white baseball. We're not talking black baseball because obviously black baseball had fierce competitors. They had base runners that you didn't necessarily see, you know, in the major leagues until Jackie came along. And that set the tone for others, including Willie Mays, to be a base runner and kind of have freedom on the bases that they had in the Negro Leagues. And shoot, Jackie played, like I said, only a year in the Negro Leagues with the legendary Monarchs in Kansas City. And he played 11 years in, in, in Brooklyn. And you got to remember, Willie debuted as a 20-year-old, fresh out of high school. A year after graduation, he was a center fielder at the Polo Ground. Jackie showed up in the major leagues at age 28. So he had done the UCLA thing. He raised in California, married Rachel, served in the military. I mean, he was, like, heroic before he even stepped foot in Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. So... Once he did, I mean, you look at the steal of home plate and Yogi Berra arguing. That's what he did. He stole bases. He led his team. Brooklyn didn't win anything until Jackie showed up, and they won it all in, what, 1955. But, yeah, he was the first rookie of the year, and that award now is called the Jackie Robinson Award. So, I mean, Jackie is iconic and heroic and the most inspirational and influential baseball player of all time and you could say maybe the most influential and inspirational person in this country of all time at least one of them when it came to time to vote for the hall of fame he was a first ballot hall of famer no doubt i mean you could say well he didn't hit enough home runs he didn't play long enough well he couldn't have played long enough because black men weren't allowed to play when he was in his early 20s he played football he played basketball 
and then finally, you know, moved over to baseball in 1945. And then Branch Rickey signs him for the 46th season, and he has to play a year in AAA in Canada, in Montreal, and then debuts, you know, 75 years ago in 1947, and thus Jackie Robinson Day. But hell of a ball player and a game-changing character on and off the field. So, yeah, every bit a Hall of Famer that he is, uh, deservedly so. I love talking old baseball, man. It's a lot of fun to get into this stuff. And you, you mentioned Jackie was a 300 hitter and he stole bases. Could he survive in today's game, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he'd be a he'd be wonderful in today's games. But they would say, "Hey, Jackie, don't run so much." What? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, oh, and by the way, you're not hitting against this tough right-hander tomorrow. You're gonna you're gonna sit out this one. Said, well, you know, I mean, some guys are good enough to play every day in this era, and he would have been one of those guys. You know, Mays, Dobie, and you know, the thing is. These guys were wonderful ball players, and so the white major leagues didn't recruit you from the Negro leagues if you were a relief pitcher, if you were a utility player, mm. because they wanted the best of the best. They were going to fill out their roster with white guys. There was a quota. You couldn't have one. You couldn't have three. You had to have like two or four because they roomed together. And when Willie Mays came up in 1951, who did they send down? Well, they sent down a black man, Artie Wilson so they could still have four black men on the team so they could the room together. So Monty could be with Willie and, and uh, Hank Thompson could be with uh, Roy Noble, but Artie Wilson, who was a fabulous player, a great shortstop who played on Willie's Birmingham teams. He said, you know what? I'm not playing every day. You know, he is the guy who actually campaigned uh, Horace Stoneham and these guys to bring up Willie. He was hitting like 477 in Minneapolis in May of 1951, when Leo DeRocher said, hey, we need this guy, and, and Willie didn't want to go because he was having such a good time in AAA. But, but yeah, Artie Wilson, so he leaves the big leagues, and what does he do? He comes out to the coast, joins the old Coast League, and, and has, plays another 10 years with a wonderful hitter. He played a year for the Oakland Oaks, mostly up in Seattle, a little bit in Sacramento. But, uh, yeah, some legendary stories. And it, the good thing is, you know, because of Jackie, because of Willie, because of all these great ballplayers, you know, Major League Baseball, years too late, last December, announced that finally we're going to include the Negro League stats through 1947 right. into our Major League Baseball statistical uh, database. What, what does that mean? So every every Negro League stat that they have, they have to have the box score, and they have most of them, not all of them, now counts as Major League stats. So if you look up Willie Bays, you see, well, his first year in the big leagues was actually 1947 with Birmingham when he was 17 <laughs> and a sophomore in high school. He hit one home run, but they can't they can't find that box score, so it doesn't count. So right now he's got 660. The minute they find that box score, and hopefully they do, he'll have 661. He was just a kid. He was 140 pounds, not going to hit a lot of home runs. But as he became a junior and senior, he later hit a bunch of home runs. But But obviously Jackie paved the way you know, for Willie and all these guys. And, you know, because of Jackie, who for two years couldn't say a darn thing when, when, when people were, were throwing the N-word at him and, and sliding uh, spikes first into, you know, his chest and trying to take him out on the field and get in his head emotionally. He couldn't say a word for two years. So two years later, here comes Willie. He could do whatever he wanted. I mean, he was like the first superstar African-American after World War II. And he brought where, where Jackie was just a competitor and a fierce man and had to put his head down and not, not fight back. Willie was just 
the epitome of joy and brought love to the game. And, and, and he kind of broke down barriers, bigots and racists, into people who said, how can I be a bigot and a racist if I'm out there rooting for Willie Mays? <laughs> and Bill Clinton told me, in the, for the sake of the book, he said Willie Mays made it absurd to be a racist. And you could say the same about Jackie Robinson. That's a fantastic breakdown, man. I, I, I love the way you talk about it. I love the insight you have from the conversations you've got to have with Willie Mays. And you mentioned earlier, uh, Artie Wilson. He was a guy who was always smiling. I read a great book about him a couple of years ago, Singles and Smiles, How Artie Wilson Broke exactly. Baseball's Color Bear. It's a really, really good book about him playing baseball out here on the uh, on the West Coast for the PCL. One more thought on Willie Mays on Jackie Robinson Day just before we let you go. Uh, because because guys used to leave and go fight in the military, right? We, we know the story of uh, uh, of Ted Williams uh, as a fighter pilot mm. and crashing the plane and coming back just because you're a Willie Mays guy and I'm a Willie Mays guy. I always look at that second season. So he comes up in 51, 52. He played what? 30 games, 35 games, something like that. And then he goes to, to yeah, serve in the military, right. misses all of 53. He hits 660 home runs. I'm pretty damn sure, John, that had Willie gotten to play all of 52 and 53, it would have been his home run record that Hank Aaron was breaking. Not, not Babe Ruth. What do you think? Absolutely. People talk about Candlestick Park. Well, Candlestick robbed Willie of the home runs. It wasn't Candlestick Park as much <laughs> right. as the fact that he didn't play in his early 20s for two seasons. And all of 52, most of 51, and then he came back in 54 and was the MVP and led the Giants. He made the catch in game one against Cleveland at the Polo Grounds and was the MVP and led him to a sweep of the World Series. And then 55, he had an even better year. So in 54, 55, his first two years out of the military, he hit 90 home runs, 90. <laughs> so conservatively, if you say, well, in 52, 53, if he played those years, maybe he doesn't hit 90, maybe he hit 60. Okay, so he finishes with 660. You add... 60 to 660, and you get, what, 720. What did Babe hit? 714. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that could have been Willie's record that Hank was going after or that um, Hank beat. I mean, you remember Hank and Willie played together. They had parallel paths. But Mm -hmm. Willie was three years older, broke into the majors three years earlier, so he had a head start. But the military kind of set him back. But you know what? Willie never complained about candlestick. And Willie never complained that he missed two years at his prime. That was just him. He, I mean, where did he play? He played at the polo grounds. It was like 600 feet to dead center. He played a candlestick where every fly ball to left field was brought back into play because you just couldn't hit a home run it was unless it was a sizzling line drive. So what did he do? He didn't complain. He adapted. He adjusted. He took advantage of that jet stream out in right center. And at the polo grounds, he either had to pull it down left field line or go opposite field, go down the right field line. But yeah, six sixty at five foot ten, five foot eleven, that's pretty darn good. And uh, when I ask him what's what's your best tool, he says, "I don't know." He said he's most proud of his defense. But I mean, you tell me, Adam, what's his best tool? Because you know, stealing was as good as is hitting home runs, which was as good as the the batting average, which was as good as the fielding, which is as good as the throwing. I mean, it, it, it's you know, through the roof on every front. So every tool was amazing. And then he had the sixth tool like Jackie had. He just knew, he anticipated, he envisioned better than everybody. The first African-American captain in baseball, everyone talking about Brandon Belt, you know, whatever. But Willie Mays was the first black captain in Major League Baseball history, named in 1964, after he had already put in more than a decade into the game. But 
he was already the captain before that, going back to New York. He was the guy that the pitchers sought out. What, you know, what do I pitch this guy? The middle infielders say, where do I play that guy? Without Jackie, we wouldn't see Willie. And just one more story before you go, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. When I was sitting, when I was sitting with Willie and we were talking about those years in Trenton, I mean, Hagerstown, Maryland, was just brutal on him. And, you know, he heard things that you just don't want to remember. But he did, and he talked about it. But he said, and this is just a moment when we're just talking and interviewing for the purpose of the book 24, he looks me in the eye and says, at that time, I just didn't know if it was all worth it. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> and, you know, he, here he is, like a, a, a 19-year-old fresh out of high school in an all-white league getting picked on. And so, you know, I, my goal in life was to play with the Black Bears. I, I didn't ever think I was going to play you know, for the major league baseball team or be signed by the New York giants. And his dad told him in 1946, when branch Ricky signed Jackie he said, Hey, now you got a chance. And Willie said, what the hell you mean? I got a chance. And now you got a chance to get to the big leagues because of Jackie. And Willie said, that just changed my world. But imagine that if he pulled back and said, you know, the biggest one, I'm, I, I, I'm done. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And luckily for you and me and, Everybody else on the planet, he, you know, persevered and, and wouldn't let that get to him, wouldn't let them beat him. He carried on and became the inspiration and influence that, uh, you know, he is today at 91 years old. But he said, hey, I could have gone back and just finished my career with the Black Barons or, you know, worked odd jobs around Birmingham like my dad. And I, I mean, like I was like teary eyed. I'm thinking, yeah. God, what if this guy wasn't strong enough to keep going. And luckily for everybody everywhere, he was strong enough and, you know, starts with Jackie and resumes with Willie. And, you know, we still feel it today. It's just so crazy to think about how recent that was 75 years, but it's like, you know, you, you figure Barry Bonds is his godson and Bobby was kind of yeah. under Willie's wing. Also, it was just two generations away from, from what we've seen in the game today. So by the way, you were asking what's Willie's best tool. I think the answer is just yes, all five of them. And then, <laughs> and then the other one, my favorite line, and it's, it's one of those great quotes. It's at the ballpark at Oracle park up on the wall. It's Ted Williams saying they invented the all-star game for Willie yeah. Mays. He was a showman, but again, Jackie Robinson paved the way so that we got all those great legends. So, some of the great, I mean, you go through the, maybe the hundred greatest players of all time and you'll end up with, I'd say at least half of them would end up being black baseball players and Jackie and Willie would certainly be on that list. John, it's so much fun catching up, man. Keep your phone on. I'm going to have to, I'm going to call you May 6th. We're going to talk Willie Mays on his 92nd birthday too. So uh, we'll catch up soon. I really do appreciate the time. Fun conversation. Absolutely. Adam. Thanks a lot. Oh, fantastic stuff from John Shea. He covers Major League Baseball for the San Francisco Chronicle. You, you read them all year long doing Giants baseball stuff, but also make sure you check out the Willie Mays book. It's a great, great book, 42, uh, all about Willie Mays and his life, and, and John wrote it alongside Willie Mays. It was it's a, it's a great book, and Jackie Robinson also a huge part of the guy Willie Mays became and uh, and paved the way for so many players. I don't want to say like Willie Mays because nobody's like Willie Mays, but for so many black players after him. And that's why uh, last Friday, April 15th, we celebrate Jackie Robinson just as we do every year on April 15th. Thank you to John Shea. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. Warrior basketball is into the playoffs. We'll get into a little bit of that later this week. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday.